And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Using a new uh, computer here, so sorry about that. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, to start off everything before we go anywhere, fast mm-hmm. take. What are your thoughts on Beanie Babies? Uh, the past of Funko Pops. <laughs> that is so true. Have you seen the Beanie Baby documentaries that have come out lately? Oh, yeah. I am The one so where the people are like separating you know they're getting a divorce and they're like separating the stuff on the floor it's like so sad (laughs) isn't that the craziest that that like at one point uh it started in 93 and they they were doing like they started out doing like three million dollars in sales Mm -hmm. and by 1997 1.4 billion dollars it's nuts and no one was above it i mean everyone in my family did it i did it I yep. like go to the mall, like whatever craft store had them, like, you know, check the tags. Oh, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> not collecting them in that sense, but for sure, like getting them, ripping the tags off and they just became toys. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was not. That is bold. I, right? Like, I think. You don't want to be a millionaire? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like seven years old at its peak. Uh-huh. 97. So, uh, I mean, it was like power of the force and KB toys and like all those things. So there was no way I was going to keep the tags on a beanie baby. Oh, we were the opposite. My family was like, put them in the case. Don't touch them. Oh, Obviously, the, the rectangle old, case. Old school collector. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we had our hands on one of the, uh, elusive princess Diana's and we were like, we're set. We like put it in the spare bedroom up on a shelf. We're like, yeah. we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> the phrase we're set is so funny now looking back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we were, you know, like all other people into all those things. Like when the Furby came out, we like yep. had to call people and smuggle one out of Walmart. And it's yeah. just funny what ends up Goodwill, you know, fodder, I guess. I, yeah, <laughs> as a last part to the like beanie baby thing, I don't even know why that was the, I think I, I re I feel like you're setting me up to like, look like a fool on the podcast. Like yeah. <laughs> this guy loved beanie babies. Yeah. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> you thought he makes apes and gore. he doesn't. He makes beanie babies. Um, no, I, I think I watched the, I think it was a good way. It's a good way to break the ice, right? Like these interviews sure. sometimes can, uh, you will, you would be it would be crazy the amount of times people get on here and they're scared and it's like i am also a toy maker i just know how to produce a podcast that's it Mm -hmm. like i have one extra skill maybe no 
<laughs> so I was say I, I used to do a podcast too. I have my uh, mm. old school mic here floating around. So yeah, a lo- well, okay. Hopefully it doesn't sound as nasty. Oh no, no, no you're good. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I watched the uh, Beanie Mania last night with my okay. wife and, and her mom, and we were uh, like, I, I just remembered all the things. Like, there's all these. Um, maybe this is a good way to describe it. It describes like all the super rare ones and it has like a website and like how their website was like eons ahead of all internet websites. And it was like the pri- the predecessor to Facebook, which is so stupid to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it described how there were flaws and like there's super rares of Beanie Babies. And oh, really? All- like misprints and stuff or what? Yeah, like there was a Red Bull that was once named Tabasco and then Tabasco company was like, this ain't happening yeah uh, and so they switched the name and it's like oh it's super expensive if you could find tabasco they're in every yard sale and every store now like it doesn't oh happen. really yeah i remember the bulls one being big because well we were illinois so like the bulls were big anyway then you yep. know chicago bulls and they had like the teeny beanie and the happy meal and so that was the one yep. everyone wanted wait you're in chicago no, I'm in, well, I grew up in Effingham, which is like Southern Illinois, but okay. I live at, I live in St. Louis now. Uh, so I mean, kind of to the left of there. You're in the hub of Beanie Baby history. So, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. I'm yeah. trying to think something good we could be known for, but I guess we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah. Beanie, what a great thing to be known for something that had a rise and fall within five years. Why awesome. did the creators come from around here? Uh, no, uh, I don't know where he came from because they were shipping out of a Canadian. I don't know why I remember all this shipping out of some Canadian distributor, but they used to only they started in the Chicago suburbs and would mm-hmm. only operate out of these small stores and these small like uh, gift shops. He wouldn't sell to the chains like Ty Warren right. was a sociopath. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, w- I wonder what was behind that strategy. He is. He, He's weird when you watch the thing. Just but crazy. Okay. We're not here for Ty Warner. We're here for you. Okay. I'm stoked for this. <laughs> I'm so stoked. Um, do you, is it Stanfield Toys? Stanfield Toys, yes. Stanfield. So please introduce yourself to the good listeners of Toys on Top. Let's hear what you're all about. Hey, Chris Stanfield here. My radio voice kicking in. Um, so I have Stanfield Toys. I make monster toys, action figures. I am the father of Gorvel, which is the gorilla from hell. Um, and started this a couple of years ago, but I, I really have been making toys for my, you know, creative projects for the past probably 10 years or so. But just like everyone else kind of found out about the toy scene during the pandemic. So I feel like that's kind of when, you know, everyone exploded. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to, that you brought that up because we're going to talk about that for sure. How everyone just yes. like blew up through that. So um, that's your last name, Stanfield. Stanfield, yes. Yep. So you come through, you're like, oh, immediately that's my name for toys. When so yeah. 10 years, describe that for me. What are you doing with toys for 10 years? Well, with the playing with them, number one. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> just the name like Stanfield, where it came from, is my last name. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it would be cool, you know, just kind of like an old school thing of like you look on the the boot of a toy or the backside and it's got like that name and it's like iconic you know and and I thought like one day which I've had toys produced and my name's on the bottom of them I think it's cool that like my son or his grandson or you know just down the road it's like this is our name it was on something it meant something 
Yeah. And, you know, not to be too philosophical, but like such a big part of my life is toys. I, you know, care about them, think about them like we all do. And it's just, you know, I wanted some, a part of me to be in the company. Absolutely. Which is, that means from like an outside perspective, I don't know if anyone's told you this yet. That means more to me and is like, makes me want to buy your work so much more because you want it to be a part of you. Awesome. I'm going to start raising my prices then. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So just kidding. We'll start all the way at the beginning. I love diving into the childhood of these toy creators. Yes. I don't know Uh, how old you are. So let's go from there. So I'm 38, uh, just walk on the personal side of, I'm a, you know, average married guy with kids and suburban dad, soccer coach, all that stuff. But uh, other side, I, I was a neurophysiologist for like eight years Holy and then shit. recently became a science teacher because I've always wanted to be a teacher and uh, actually making toys was, you know, part of that, uh, I, I guess, reasoning to go over because it was kind of a side income that could kind of you know, help us justify. And it was mm-hmm. just, it freed up more time for me to do toys. Uh, but, you know, I, I grew up, I was born 83. So grew up in the eighties, obviously the best uh, yeah. toy time. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a flex. You got the turtles and He-Man and Ghostbusters and just everything you love. Um, and my parents spoiled me. Every time we went to Walmart, I would, you know, get a Ninja Turtle toy or, or that type of thing, even you know, buying the same ones over and over, which it was like a parallel world of doing the same for my son, because, you know, it was like the 2012, I think, Turtles yeah. were on Nickelodeon. It was like the same thing, like we'd go to the store and we'd both be excited, you know, we'd find a certain <laughs> Leo we were looking for or whatever, but yeah, no, I, I've just always loved toys. I thought it was like, just, they're pure and cool and fun. And, and I think we've kind of turned them into art or became art because we have like such a good nostalgia with them. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, you don't recognize like, you know, all these box art and all that stuff. You're like, oh, that's just the package. But now you like, it means something to you. So hopefully not getting too deep, but. You know, oh, no. you know. We're, we might get deeper. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. Well, because I think that like, uh, we could great or like gloss over it. But like when you got those toys as a kid, not many kids are the collector type. But were you a partial collector type or just rip it open? Let's go for it. Um, I definitely played with and loved the toys. Yeah. But I was lucky in that my parents kept everything. And a couple of years ago, which I kept and rebought a lot of stuff too, but they also like cleaned out their shed and brought me just, you know, tubs and tubs of all the toys. And I was just like, you can't beat it. There's there's no better feeling, you know. Uh, something you loved as a kid and you go out to the store or you see someone selling it you're like man it's just you know a little piece of that happiness you're adding back to yourself yeah just it's so crazy to hear when parents keep everything yes I know (laughs) it's always heartbreaking it's like yeah my mom sold it all to garage sale you're like no yeah and it's always for like 25 cents a figure and now each of those figures is like 10 12 bucks and you're like what the heck were you doing mom Right, right yeah so, but, well, you oh, get, yeah, well, you like, you, you open those up, you get whatever toy you want from the store, like you start getting all those toys. What was your, like, you had so many toys then, correct? Oh, yeah, a ton. Every line. I mean, even the, you know, obscure, like when the Hook movie came out, had like the complete set of those, the Dinosaurs TV show, 
you know, not just the regular things, which not a brag. It's just like everyone think kind of forgets about those like weird lines that we all wanted back then. Yeah. It's like, you know, when's the last time you saw like a bunch of the hook toys or, yeah. you know, in humanoids or, you know, just something's kind of weird. So here's the question that I have to ask then. Uh-oh. Yep. Did you do a lot of G.I. <laughs> Joe? No, I was uh -oh. not a G.I. Joe person. Because the question is always, did you have the aircraft carrier? Uh, no, I did not. They were a tiny bit ahead of me, and I just okay. wasn't into the, for whatever reason, I wasn't into the Army thing. Like, G.I. Joe and Transformers and, and Star Wars really were all ahead of my time. Mm -hmm. And I was like a turtle loyalist. So I was like, you know, turtles are best. I'm not going to betray them yep. and uh, collect something else. <laughs> well, there we go. So you at, end up through childhood getting rid of toys or like, I'm done with these toys. Your parents keep them. Um, I pretty much kept them too. And I would display oh. them at, at various ways uh, yeah. throughout life. Up until how old are we talking before you are like, we have that little phase probably where you're like, ah, oh, I'm over. Toys. Yeah, probably college, you know, okay. cause you're, you're living in an apartment or whatever and you don't have the space. Yeah. But, but pretty much, so I have my own place. I've always had some toy shelves or toy area or that type of thing. When you went to, um, well, when you went to college, you went for, you said some type of science that made me shocked just now. Um, well, I, I actually went for, I did communication, which, you know, not number one degree, you come out yeah. you're automatically a millionaire. No. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, I, I got in the medical field, you know, through a family friend business type of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, always still in college and into adulthood, like going to the store, the best parts, going through the toy aisle, checking yeah. out what's new. And I feel like that's kind of just like grown even more in the past few years of like places like Target and all that, like now know their adult collector audience and they're yeah. like pumping it up. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Even I'm glad you said that because even where they put those toys is mm -hmm. near like the things that older people would want, right? In most targets, it's near the TVs that are hanging on the wall and stuff. Oh yeah. All the NECA and all that stuff. The records and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're so smart because <laughs> I get lost in, I always go through um, the toy aisle. Even when I did wasn't into toys, I'd go through the toy aisle for whatever reason. Yeah. And now they're starting to bring back those retro Marvel figures as well. Oh, uh, really? The three, seven, five ones. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah. I like those. I yeah. use those on a few base figures. Yeah. And so it's like, those are cool to see. Cause that's a, a grip of nostalgia, but because mm -hmm. toys probably aren't as big as they were in the eighties and nineties, most of the aisles feel bare. Most of the aisles feel like they can't fill it or it's full of Jurassic park. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things of, um, like our age people are kind of the main toy market. I feel like, I don't feel like, you know, younger kids are, especially like, you know, middle schoolish are done with toys. It's yeah. iPods or video games or whatever, which, you know, I say that make me sound like I'm 8,000 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you go to college, you get into the medical field and then there's a, a shift in there. Is that where you start toys or is it after when you become a teacher? Um, no, it was, it was when I was doing the, in the medical field, but I had, I was huge in the comics always. Um, and I wrote and drew a graphic novel 
Okay. And, and took it to a few conventions, sold it, you know, had it printed myself, all that stuff. That was kind of before Kickstarter. So it was just a, you know, one, one man on a mission deal. Yeah. And I made, brought some props along too. Oh, uh, you've got uh, Made a little um, action figure with, uh, you know, just pre-existing toys. I customized them to look like it. And, you know, I, I had at the booth and I would kind of sell those along with um, the comics as well. What was the comic, the graphic novel? Uh, it was called Suit. It was a science fiction about a guy who goes to space and um, kind of gets some superpowers. I love that already. Do you yeah, still... I, I'll, I'll be as general and broad as possible. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you uh, still produce, like, is that something you still work on or is that a past project that's kind of laid to rest? No, it, it was just kind of a one-time fun thing. I wanted it. It was, you know... I, I get these grand ideas of everything I do and uh, usually see it through to the end. And then by that point, I've put so much into it. I've, you know, picked up a new love or moved on to something else. Yeah. Um, right, right after the comic, then I, I had the idea to, um, I've always loved comedy and writing and stuff like that. So I, I made a little animated show that I did 10 episodes for on uh, YouTube and of course, had to make the uh, action figures to go along with that. Oh yes! It was called Monster Break Room, and you know, always been a huge monster fan, um, you know, Universal monsters specifically. But it was kind of a parody show of uh, the people who dress up like monsters at a theme park, kind of like a Disney. Yeah. And um, we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure! We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet! Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DOV2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! wanted to make action figures to give away for that just kind of promote the show yeah and, I, and that was when i first learned resin casting and you know all that type of stuff and that was probably six or seven years ago so i love the idea of making the cartoon that like goes along with it and so for sure when we promote this episode every day a new cartoon's gotta come out <laughs> well that was a, a 10 episode run and uh it's like one you know little series oh yeah, for sure that's happening. So tell me about first beginning this journey into resin casting, casting and molding. You said about seven years ago? Was yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think there was YouTube stuff at the time. I don't remember like the Craftsman and all the awesome resources we have now. I think it was yeah. more like finding real websites and reading on them. Okay. Um, but I, I carved this little ghost character who was a, a oh, yeah. figure on there and, you know, just kind of went to the craft store and bought some supplies and read it and took a shot. It, it turned out okay, but you know, it was one of those things like I didn't have any tools. So I'm sanding it all by hand and, you know, just trying yeah. to figure out that type of thing. How, so when you first start, cause that's the beginning, Instagram's only a couple years old at that point. If that, if it has started by that point. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was actually even on Instagram. Okay. So have you, what did you realize other people were doing this when you first started? Did you? No, not at oh, all. Okay. I thought I was just a guy who was making stuff. 
<laughs> okay. So what does that look like when you first start? Where are you posting these on Facebook at the time? What are you doing with them? Um, I had a blog, I believe, back okay. in the day. And like I said, conventions as well was where I would kind of show stuff, but mainly just word of mouth. Like I'd send it out to my family and friends. And yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of like a, a fun hobby. I always consider myself, you know, I don't like hunt or golf or do that stuff. I just have like creative hobbies, which I'm sure, you know, yeah. everyone listening to this does as well. So I, I just kind of treat it like that. Just a fun exercise that I, you know, uh, enjoy doing and hopefully people enjoy looking at. I love that start. Just like a hobby that's just on the side, sending it out to whoever. Uh, so then you begin creating more and more. At what point did it, did it click in your head? Or it was like, oh, I want to do this a lot more. I, I need to keep doing this. Uh, my final one was, my other final prop here is I had a oh, yeah. uh, podcast that was about serial killers uh, looking at like their day jobs and their like normal lives okay. to kind of study and analyze, you know, how they acted, how it affected their crimes and what they did and all that stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a true crime fan as well, just kind of like the psychological parts of it. Uh, and as I had a Patreon and mm -hmm. as one of the Patreon rewards, I thought I would make the logo, uh, which I based on the Bastille skeleton, um, which is like the old school Halloween, oh, yeah. you know, like the hanging skeletons that they hang on doors and stuff. But anyway, I made an action figure of that and, uh, sent out to the Patreon people and just, you know, hardcore got the bug of loving mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, cast and paint and figure out the packaging and all that stuff. So that's yeah. why I kind of shifted focus and started finding other people online. I was like, oh, yeah. other people do this. Which is, so you're a creative passion, which you don't do the podcast anymore or you do? Uh, I don't anymore. I did it for about two years and okay. then kind of took a break. Uh, may return to it one day, but I just, you know, shifted focus to the toy stuff. Is this a Toys on Top exclusive? Are we going to put you as an ad on this podcast? I'm into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it got, it got picked up by a network and they put it on their thing and that's kind of where it went. That's rad. Yeah. And so I it kind of spurred the, the creative bug. You sent it out to the Patreon people. And um, so that when that gets sparked, right? That like, oh, mm -hmm. I want to start making more toys. Do you leave, like, are you leaving the podcast, leaving things behind? Cause you just know that this is the creative avenue you want to go. Yeah, pretty much. I, I just, you know, I, I want to do what I enjoy the most. And if you start to do something, I think you kind of get tired of, or, you know, something you don't enjoy it, it either. It's not as good quality or uh, you you'll just totally stop. So um, once I like kind of figure out the toy thing, I was like, you know, a light turn, like, this is what I'm kind of meant to be doing. It's like what yeah. I've loved my whole life. And um, I, I just wanted to create like a character in a, an original series. Uh, and that's where Gorvel came from. Yeah. So, so I just dove in head first with that in which uh, not, not smartly, which obviously phrased that proves my <laughs> not smartness, but um, I was like, I'll make four original characters, you know, like four original Ninja Turtles or whatever. Yeah. And so I'll do original sculpt. I'll do the cast, the cards, you know, like all that stuff at once. So much and work. I'll put it on Kickstarter. You know, I'll have it all cranked out in a month and 
everyone will love it. It'll be great. And probably uh, Nickelodeon will pick it up for a cartoon show. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I then uh, had a very stressful month of trying to figure out how to cast, how to sculpt, how to do all that stuff, Yeah, you know, starting from zero and making four original toys, like producing them. Uh, also kind of naively did a Kickstarter campaign with basically no social media presence. No, you know, none of that yeah. stuff, which it went okay. I, I sold sets of the four char- of the original four characters I created and set the bar real low so that anyone who, you know, bought one would get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of like my first dive into original toy making. So there is a team then. So this is, we're at your toy name, your toy company. We're at that point. There's a team yes. of figures that got made but you went only with Gorbel? Yes, my first release, I was, you know, naively, uh, it seems funny now to other toy makers, you're like scared of being sued or scared of whatever, because I had, you know, one of the main reasons for wanting to make it was uh, the 80s Remco line of the Universal Monsters, which I make a ton of, you know, the creature now and Frankenstein and all that. But I was like, I can't make that. Like Universal would be knocking on my door trying to sue me. Yeah. which we all know that's kind of silly now. But um, so that's why I was like, I'll just make my own line. And, and I did also want to make uh, something that could be truly a, a toy and uh, a property that could be like a show or a video or a comic or something uh, down the line. But yeah, Nickelodeon after, didn't, yeah. Nickelodeon didn't <laughs> call. So, <laughs> well, I'm still waiting. We're still figuring out a few things. Yeah. But uh yeah, so then, and I did, you know, as I saw other people doing it, I got brave and I was like, oh, I'll make uh, like a Herman Monster toy. Cause this is a couple of years ago, uh-huh. uh, Reaction hadn't put out a Herman Monster toy. I was like, it'd be awesome to have an action figure. Yeah. And I'll make a Uncle Gilbert, which was, you know, the creature from Black Lagoon who was also on that show. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely nothing made of him. So that kind of became my, I guess, model or idea for the company of making toys that I wanted that I didn't see, which I know a lot of people do that too. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, like I, I love the idea that that's how we start. And then, I mean, companies like super seven right here, um, just comes in and just kills it. Right. They have all Mm -hmm. these reaction figures and all that, but so for that team of the toys that you had made, what were the other three? So Gorvel was the main character. He is a uh, gorilla who was abused at the circus and then uh, fights back, gets sent to hell. It's kind of a spawnish situation, the character spawn where, yep. um, you know, he's given powers. The devil says, go to earth, start the apocalypse with these powers and, you know, we'll all take over. Uh, when Gorvel gets to earth, he decides you know, that, you know, most of the other humans in the world are good, worth, worth saving, worth fighting for. And um, so the devil starts sending these other monsters to go fight him. Uh, originally, it's kind of like a Godzilla idea, you know, we're mm-hmm. just big, cool monsters fighting each other. But now I've kind of, you know, worked on this story over the years where it's more intricate, I guess. Yeah. But, but to answer your question, um, so there's Gorvel, Megabat, which is a huge bat. Okay. Um, which little nod to meatloaf spat out of hell. Yeah. Um, Apex, which is two-headed alligator. 
and Octora, who is kind of like the main bad guy, which he was a Japanese scientist who got turned into an octopus. Mm. And, you know, he has a lot of power and intelligence as well. So I'm really interested in Octora because that sounds incredible. Yeah. And I just actually came out with the first, I've made several versions of Octora, but not really mass released them. And yeah. uh, like a week ago, I just put out like my first one for sale. So. Okay. So if you're hearing this and it's not sold by now, you have a job. Well, <laughs> and I plan to, with my original characters, I try to keep them in stock a decent amount. So hopefully yeah. it should be in this, the store. So at some point you look at the four and you start pursuing, what made you pursue Gorvel as your main? Because the other three sound, you've developed this, this like character list and like the craziness that already sounds apex as a two-headed alley, like sounds dope. So what made you decide not those three? I want to go with Gorval right now. Where, where, why that one? Um, he's just the main guy. He's the good guy. I, you know, always loved ever, anything gorilla monkey, like King Kong, Planet of the Apes. Um, and then there's just like the reality of, again, not being cheesy, seeing like a gorilla in real life yeah. of like how they're just like, huge and like it's scary it's like different but then you can see there's also like you know their their eyes are very emotional mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I just thought a gorilla was a very cool character and i thought the from hell part was kind of you know kind of kitschy 50s 60s ish and maybe adds a little hopefully interest to people so what is interesting too i don't see this that often i think i've seen it a couple times but you've stuck from the moment that I saw your Instagram and started seeing Gorvel and seeing this develop, like it seems even over the past couple of years, like that's your main focus, correct? Um, he's kind of a, yeah, I mean, as a person, yes. But I mean, sales wise, people just want the monsters they've bought over yeah. and over. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's like anyone like Star Wars, like you could put in, out anything Boba Fett, which side note, your Boba Fett is incredible. Thank you. Uh, that was like my favorite thing I've seen from DK Econ. I'm sure many people shared that. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, you can put out like a Boba Fett and it's like, it's going to sell. It's going to yeah. pay for your supplies for the next project. And it's going to, you know, provide all this stuff. So I've tried to bring people in who like similar things because I mm -hmm. want Gorvel to like be a type of, you know, universal monster or monster or, you know, Godzilla like thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I grow and, and as my abilities and people I work with grow, I, I want Gorvel to become his own thing as well. And I, I have seen, it's like additions um, that have come and they're continuing to come in advance because your latest Gorvel is intense with all the articulation. It looks like all the pieces are like, let's talk about where you're headed with this figure. Yeah. Um, well, just, a little right before that um the past year was working with creature maker toys mm -hmm. i don't know if you know him but trace is a incredible artist and yeah. person and uh worked with him and we made a uh the soft vinyl like a 10 inch the huge oh tell me you have one yeah 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 there we go so i got a big one i did this one like uh an inhumanoids Beautiful. figure but yeah so that was like another huge big project um 
that we did and I still customize those, mm-hmm. you know, one off. I, I kind of try and make them like evergreen of, and, I, and I've learned just going to your point or what you're saying about the new one of, you know, friends that are artists, just giving them like the name Gorvel and say, do what you want with, because yeah. this new Gorvel, which it's more like a NECA figure, which, you know, I usually only do the small 3.75 mm-hmm. and this new one is like, a fully articulated, huge, you know, um, got magnets and accessories and all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, uh, a company or guy called vanilla ghost milk, which, uh, <laughs> is actually the art teacher from my school. We, we okay. just met this year and he, he's also an incredible genius, um, had never made a toy, but he sculpted all these things from scratch, like figured out the articulation. Like, yeah. you know, he just took it and ran with it. Cause I was just kind of, it's funny how the projects come because I just was like, Hey, you're, you're a great artist. Would you want to draw a card one day? And he was like, yeah. And then he, you know, took it upon himself or or probably through conversations to, you know, sculpt and do all that stuff. And he, his, the things he just kept bringing back were so good blowing my mind. It's just, you know, I started off with this little Gorbel that kind of looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. And now he's created a character who looks, you know, better than I could have imagined. So Super pumped for that. We're um, going to be releasing. It's called the VGM Gorbel uh, within, you know, very soon. But, you know, custom packaging and full art. Uh, I'd send you the pictures of the fronts, like inspired yeah. by Inhumanoids. And the back is like an exact uh, Ninja Turtle back with uh, this custom comic he drew and all the other characters included and all that. So super exciting. What I love about as a, as a personal thing about Gorvel as the character, um, as a, like, so, uh, I don't, have you heard of the artist Chicken Burger Disco? Oh yeah. Yeah. CBD. He's amazing. Does my commercials, does the podcast commercials, does all kinds of stuff. Um, we had a Patreon episode that came out and we were talking about how most of the time, if it's not, like if it's not a really good developed idea, we don't want to see the backstories of figures. We don't want to hear the backs. Like we just want to see the figure. But when I look at Gorvel and you hear me talk, or you hear how you talk about he's this abused gorilla and he goes like, I want to hear all that. Like there's something about the figure that draws me in mm-hmm. and then seeing the 10 inch vinyl and then seeing the new like, with all the articulation and the backer that you, the pictures you sent me, like it's a figure that draws me in that I, it just makes me want that figure so bad. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And and it's like anything, I feel like, you know, if we can make a little comic or something, just the more connection people have with the character or or any character uh, just makes you like it more. Yeah. And it's just, so what is the, if you had to look forward, What's the end goal or what's your desired like end place for Gorvel? Is this something that you want mass produced? Are you trying to stay? Did you like the vinyl more than the figure? You want to go three, seven, five, where are you headed? Uh, I jokingly say, uh, give me the star killer deal. Yeah. Uh, so oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> just release a different color. You do everything. And, um, you know, not, not to take away anything from anyone because yeah. it's an incredible toy and figure and, I buy them all and love them, but just the idea of like making a character and toy that's so cool that people will buy it, you know, the different series yeah. and different colors and getting artists involved in all the the different backers, like that is an ideal dream, I feel like. 
Um, but I, I like the, I like having my hand in all of that too. So yeah. Um, I, right now working to make, you know, famous monsters of Filmland, like the old school magazine with all yeah. the Bezel Gogos paintings, um, is a huge inspiration thing I love. And I just had a, another guy, um, do a, a painting of Gorvel in that style. Mm -hmm. So I'm, um, working to make a figure that kind of fits that, you know, old school aesthetic as well. So just, you know, keeping them diversified. And that's the thing I've learned the most of, um, you know, don't have a really set idea for your character and the more, you know, good hands touching it, the, the better it's going to be. Yeah. I, I don't know if you feel this way. Um, but I think, uh, so I, I mean, I'm okay sharing it. Like one of the things, cause I've developed a character myself, Astron, and it's going to have like a, a whole comic that I'm working on. Um, but in the next comic, the second one, I'm going to have different artists draw like two pages at a time because I that's want awesome. him I want him to go to different dimensions and I want each artist ah, to like that's we interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this Earth Two Aliens have landed Earthling I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. Toys, 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 toys. Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. And so... That's an awesome idea. Well, well and I think, and uh, I don't know, I thought about it. It's We could talk after this. I want Gorvel in there at some point. I want him to encounter oh. Gorvel. <laughs> a special guest appearance by Gorvel? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think what's so crazy is finding those artists that draw in these different styles, right? Like mm -hmm. there's, um, I wish I knew her name off the top of my head. I don't, I'm so sorry. Um, but she draws in Israel and she okay. has like a Disney aesthetic. Oh. And I, I just immediately like, what does Gorvel look as, like as a Disney person? <laughs> <laughs> Big eyes. Yeah, just crazy looking. Oh. And so I love the idea of other artists getting a take on someone's original work that is just at the heart of who they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the best thing about this community is like, it's kind of a, sh we built on sharing ideas and figures and all that too. Like, you know, we've all used the base of probably one toy for one yeah. project or another, but we all make it our own and do our own different thing with it. Yeah. Uh, that that is you are not wrong we have all used there are some parts of a figure i stay away from because people are like i use that 30 times like, yeah but yeah but if you can like make it like so weird and obscure it's almost like uh, you know you're winning something i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the same with like an original character because i i mean i won't lie it's not easy you know I, like i said i could put up like 50 universal monster toys and they would all yeah. sell out in a second and I could put out Gorbel and it might take a day or two just because, you know, people, which I get, you know, I, I don't, you know, I buy a lot of, of the same things that I collect. And if yeah. you see a, a monster or something that is your favorite, that's your thing. You're, you're probably going to be more apt to buy it, but it's more satisfying as a maker 
mm-hmm. feel like once you get to that point, they're they're like, oh, they're buying into like my original ideas or you know that type of thing. Yeah, I think that that's. I don't know. I talked to Janky Toys a little bit about this, and I may let's get. I want to hear how you feel about it. I, for some reason, in my head, had always got to the point where it was like, if I get to the point where I'm making my own toys, mm-hmm. own original characters doing that. I've hit my peak. Like that is, that's my end goal. Um, but I love, oh, yeah. but I love making like Bob A. Fett. It was a crazy fun figure to make and like all the dumb stuff that goes with it. Um, well, I, it's, it's nice. And even in our original things, I'm sure like the new Gorbel is, you know, it's got the Ninja Turtle backing card and it's got, yeah. you know, all, all this stuff that is a nod to the things you love. And then the people who also love those are like, that's cool. Like you're, you know, incorporating our, our shared interests and introducing this new thing. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, I love the, because I think you're right. We all know what will sell. Mm-hmm. We all like in the back of our heads, when we started making toys, we knew that if it had certain aesthetics or if it was certain character bases, it would sell. Right. But I love when something that we make sells. Oh, that's so gratifying. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's a the chicken burger disco. He was like his own action figure sold out. I was like, man, I want one of those. That's so cool. And I'm sure he like felt great about that because it's like him as a character. Yeah, because I want to buy a like between that and then uh, he he produced a figure called Cobby. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and it sold out. And I was like, he just <laughs> is so good at what he does in like. I aspire to be him when I grow up. When I grow up, on no, yeah, I mean you, you and him both are. You're like adding these unique, important elements to the scene because you, you'll hear his like type of audio or a little commercial yeah. that he does for the DKE stuff, and you're like, that's awesome. Like he's adding something. It he's you know professional. Same with you. I mean, I'm, you're talking about artists that a lot of us may not know, or you know, I love to hear the backstory. Um, yeah. I was just like re-listening to Rainbow Yawn the other day just because he was like so funny in his, but also he talked about like the importance of social media and all that. Like he hit that really heavy in his episode, which is yeah. you know so important because it, it is a whole nother job for us on top of making stuff. He is my top listened to episode and well, he's the most famous as well. Yeah. Well, well I don't know. That <laughs> occurred. It was weird. He he wasn't, and then something happened, and within a month he was the top by like 200 listens. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's funny. Yeah, I've watched all these old like YouTube videos and stuff. He's very yeah. entertaining. So you had talked a little bit, I want to touch back on the pandemic thing. You t- talked a little bit about it kind of taking off a little bit during 2020 when it got real bad. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in the midst of the pandemic? You start like making toys way more often every day. What did that kind of shift look like for you? Um, I try to work on stuff every day, no matter what. Um, yeah. And you see, I, if you watch my Instagram, I usually put out like two or three kind of different or variation figures a week, mm-hmm. which I don't, it's just like, like I said, my, my fun hobby, uh, during the pandemic was probably more of an all day thing. Yeah. And now it's just probably, you know, a little evening, a little weekend. Yeah. But I, I never, ever, everyone's their own artist, but I couldn't be like, I'll make like one toy every three months. I'll be like, I make like six toys in one day. Like, yeah, I, I would, I would nonstop if I could. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I'm sure is a, a cycle, which I'll, I'll get off it. But I'm, I'm still <laughs> just having fun, you know. Yeah, I. So this is also something I think about. 
you have an original character that is successful. You have a, a line of which you are going to keep trucking with Gorvell. Mm-hmm. Do you have characters that you are going to, like the other three, bring it up to Gorbel's level? Or you have other storylines and other characters that you're developing alongside this? Um, yeah, I have the other three, but I'm kind of trying focusing now to just like flush out his full story and yeah. see where those guys fit in. Um, I've, you know, with the recent Octora stuff, I've been trying to do you know, more details about his life and his backstory and all that. So yeah. just, you know, once you get that all figured out, I think it makes making any story better to read and better to write. Yeah. And I think it's, man, you, just hearing you talk about how you want to flesh certain parts out, like this is going to be one of those episodes that people click back to and they're like, all right, oh, what does it look nice like? So for so I think here's a good, um, maybe a good explanation from your perspective. When you take your character, what does it look like to flesh him out? What does it look like to get in the grit of what that character is, its backstory, all that stuff? Well, that's a very difficult question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I say, uh, when you said that, the first thing that went through my head is like, what looks cool? Or like, what do I love? Yeah. And, th- and that is just, that's the basis of what I'm doing. And I, going back to the beginning of the episode, uh, just you know toys at their essence I feel like are just something that you see that makes you feel good or makes you happy oh my dog my dog no, doesn't okay. like this answer um, <laughs> he's like you're phony no uh, <laughs> but um, oh can you hear me yeah yeah oh sorry about that anyway uh, I, I just feel like I try and create something that I think is like really cool. That's tied into what I love and yeah. that other people would appreciate that other people would be like, yes, like this thing is important to me and I'm seeing it in this character. Uh, and so I'm going to do it. And and then now as I've made more and more Gorvels, I think about how he's going to be in the story. So if like I make it, I'm working on a prototype of a Gorvel for way down the road of like with a gas mask and ventilator and stuff of like yep. a post-apocalyptic world, because that's, you know, in Gorvel, there's going to be the apocalypse, mm-hmm. you know, like it or not. Do you like it? <laughs> I not? like it. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. But um, yeah, so I'm just thinking of things like that. Like, okay, well, Gorvel's now going to need like a gas mask and probably some kind of gun and, yeah. you know, whatever down the road. Yeah, which is to think that far. So that's already tough for me to imagine. And I think I'm gleaning a lot from this already because I uh, I don't think that far down the road with my own character. So now I have to like, oh shit, Stanfield Toys is doing that. Maybe I should get off my ass and like start thinking down the road for my own stuff. No, man, it, it all starts small and it's all just like doing what's, I feel like the success of everything in life is like, knowing your parameters, like uh, I only have, or I have this skill, or I have this ability. And I always relate it back to um, kind of my philosophy is like when they created Mar- the first Mario game, you know, which yeah. is like a masterpiece, but they only like, you can use three colors, you can make it things this big and you can only use, you know, whatever shapes. So it's yeah. like accepting that mm-hmm. and then going that to the fullest, be like, okay, well, I'm not the best sculptor. So I'm going to, you know, have fun writing. I'm gonna have fun doing this other stuff and then work with other people, yeah. you know, to make it better. Yeah. I don't know that's... if I just went way far off on that question. No, no. I think that that's, <laughs> that's good. I, I, that is a good reminder about just being a toy maker. 
so much of it just starts small. Like I've tried to go crazy with some ideas that I try to get to Dove and it, I, it, it never works out if I want to go super far out and super crazy. But then I thought of this dumbass office worker who just so happens to have the same name as a Star Wars fan fiction thing. Yeah. And it's like, I, I that that came out of like, I don't know. I, I I it always has to start small. And so. that I feel like was a prime you could still do it of like chicken burger disco, like making that guy in the office and like people come by and like making fun of him and be like, hey Boba Fett. He's like, you know my name's Robert, or like yeah. know, something <laughs> wacky. But uh yeah, and I like because the it starts small, and I think you're right. And I think that's where the figure started because the trouble didn't come with the figure. It came mm. with producing the background stuff of like, um, there's like 10 Easter eggs in the stuff, the hidden in the stuff that you get. And oh yeah. Just, I was going through all that, trying to figure out and like the little briefcase, like, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. And it was just like, that was more troublesome, but not about me, about you. So no. when it comes to <laughs> shows and stuff, and when it comes to things like DKE con, mm -hmm. uh, comic con, designer con where do you fit into that is this something that you like being a part of are you trying to get in on those things where are you at i feel like everyone probably feels like this that yep. i'm an outsider not a part of the things okay the fact that i'm on this episode is blowing my mind because i'm like you know so many people that just like listen to like people who are like you know they're heroes or that they really look up to and you're like oh this is so cool mm -hmm. um i've been in one i got in on the uh, DKE art show of like the 1940s or 20s, 20s or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep. And I made a Phantom Starkiller of the Opera. Nice. And it sold out immediately, which was cool. Yeah. And then that's been it. Um, I think Dove is a fantastic, awesome person. Uh, he messages me about getting stuff. Yeah. Time to time, which, you know, it's just a boost. You're just like, oh, the Godfather like wants one of my uh, monkey toys. So that's yeah. cool. Well, I, I think it's like, it is shocking, another outside perspective, it's shocking to see great work and mm -hmm. then go into shows. Because like, there's so many high level artists and imposter syndrome kicks in very quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck, I don't belong here. However, you do belong there. And so like always- Thanks, see mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like not seeing like it's seeing these people that i get to interview and then going into these conventions and not seeing their work i know like everyone is so busy but it's always like man i oh yeah i, I would love to go and love to see all that yeah um i mean there's so many people that are just like considered you know genius like barbarian rage and yeah, yeah. um you know everyone who could just like cast with incredible patience and all that. That's my other thing of like, I've told you in messages before that you and I are, that I use like, you know, minimal supplies. I use like a quick 10 minute resin, I, you yep. know, bare bones. I just don't have the patience. People who can like, you know, spend a lot of time and effort to make this like perfect, clear cast and, and all this stuff. I'm like, that is truly impressive to me. I feel like I start off like every day, I'm like, I'm gonna make a figure that's like um, Healy made yeah be perfect beautiful i'm gonna take that shot and then mine just looks like you know an explosion yeah which i'm you know you accept that that's your mario parameter so i'm gonna do my best in that hey but that's why <laughs> they make epoxy resin putty stuff 
that's why they make sanding paper <laughs> like oh yeah people like I, us yeah i'm a i'm a hardening clay i'm probably supporting the company whatever whatever yeah. people own the hardening clay factory I, I sent their kids to college because i use it a lot <laughs> i uh is that a thing sure. yeah yeah i uh was never more like obviously i'm impressed by all the work that barbarian rage puts out because holy shit but i was never more impressed than when we were i had talked to him at designer con and he was mm -hmm. talking about how he uses like the slowest curing resins and the slowest like oh, curing molds He's and i'm over here one. just pouring oh yeah I, I was like i couldn't do it man. like and that's the other part of the success of like your, your longevity if you're doing something you, you don't like you're not going to keep doing it you know yeah but i love barbarian rage's interviews when he was talking about how he got like mad and would like throw the toy against the wall and stuff yep. i'm like i would have never guessed that like i figured i don't know i just figured people he came out the gate like a genius like making all these like double cast stuff with the skeletons in his yeah. resin and all that i'm like what you had problems like what hope is there for me yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's unfair yeah. yeah, I uh, but it just shows that he works hard, and you know, everyone could do it if you work really hard. Yeah, and it's crazy. I think the hard part about being in this community too is um, everyone is creative, mm -hmm. and that that sounds so stupid to say, but this isn't just a community where we only make toys. Everyone I've encountered has made some other form of art or something, and it's like damn, I have to somehow fit not only with you as a great toy maker, but you as a great artist now. And that's what's tough sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I heard Dove on another podcast say that exact thing of like, it's rare for someone to be good at casting, sculpting, the art, the, yeah. you know, promotion, like everything that goes into it. It's, you're going to need some help or, or work with other people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's so true. And I always... I, I can't thank everyone enough for all the help that I've been given. Even people I don't even talk to that much. Like they were the ones that they, some of them were the ones that helped get me started, help actually like kick me into gear and get going. Oh yeah. And that's the thing that's always said on this show, which I love it. And I'll echo of everyone is like the nicest, best people in this community. Like yeah. we all support each other. We help each other. Like I have not run into like one bad person. And yeah. I've bothered many people and, and everyone's just like supportive, cool. The customers are like literally the best, nicest people. So yeah. I, it's just awesome. So we have all this, all your work, all the stuff coming. You have Gorvel coming. What is next for you as a toy maker in the next, let's say six months? Where are you hoping to be? What are you hoping to do? Um, definitely. Um, so I've been doing the, uh, famous monster series where I, you know, make a figure that looks like one of the famous monsters of film land covers. Yeah. I uh, got, got several of those lined up. Uh, I've got the canvas creatures when I, which I, you know, do a painting and then do a figure to match that painting like mounted on the canvas. Yep. Uh, so I got a lot of those lined up. Um, and then just, yeah, continuing the, the steady build of Gorvel's stories really what I set the goal for myself this year is to like turn my focus to that. Um, so hopefully a comic and then uh, this new fig figure is just, you know, like I said, the, the top of anything I've done or been a part of. So I I'm super pumped to have that out. I love that. So the next, the last part of the podcast, whole amount of time, however much time you want to take, 
plug everything you got. Tell us what's coming out, what's coming forward. Any shows, any podcasts you're in, you want to start your other podcast. We got it going right here. This is all about you. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. This is awesome. And I look forward to it. Uh, hello to any of my students or my kids. <laughs> my kids also help me make toys, which I wanted to say throughout, which is like an awesome part of this too. It's yeah. like, you guys come down and help me do this stuff. And it's just, you know, the goodness of life. Yeah. Um, I'm on social medias, uh, Instagram, Stanfield Toys, Facebook, Stanfield Toys. Uh, I got my website, stanfieldtoys.bigcartel. Um, if you see something I make and it's sold out, I'll, you know, send me a message. I'll probably make it for you. And um, also new on TikTok with all them kids uh, putting out toy videos that they're not that interested in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Toys on Tap. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.